The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Committee of the whole meeting together uh, for Monday, November 7th, 2022. Welcome, uh, City Manager, City Attorney, and Commissioners, and those of you here in the audience. Our first order of business is a roll call. Clerk Borling. Commissioner Decker. Present. Commissioner Hess. Here. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Commissioner Pradel. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. May I have a motion to excuse Commissioner Juarez from the Committee of the Whole meeting? So motion made by Vice Mayor Cooney. Is there support for that motion? Okay. I guess that means it is an unexcused absence. All right. Next is communications. Manager, I have nothing, Your Honor. Okay. Now is the time for public comments for our Committee of the Whole meeting. A public comment period is two minutes for the Committee of the Whole. And uh, we start with anyone who's in the chamber who'd like to make a comment. Uh, please let us know whether you live in the city and your name. You'll have two minutes. And if there's anyone here, you can come forward. The next portion, okay, the, just before you start here, because I want to get the phone number out, the next portion of our public comment period is uh, an opportunity to call in, and I would suggest beginning to call that number now. We are being helped by uh, a friend, Kristen, from IT department. This is your first evening doing this. Thanks for stepping in. As you might all know, the uh, primary uh, team of the IT department is back here in the next room getting 54 laptops ready for tomorrow that all have to be programmed. I think they're going to be here possibly late this evening doing that work. So what is the phone number uh, that people should call? I think I have it in the next agenda here. On the next agenda. I have it. 888-382-9000. All right, thank you so much, Commissioner Hess. So you can call in and Kristen will handle that. So yes, please go ahead. Uh, before I start, it was name and residency, right? 
You asked for? Yeah. Uh, name and whether you live in the city. Thank you. Yeah. Jim Ratliff, 30-year uh, resident of Kalamazoo. I live in uh, West Hill. So, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, City Employees, thanks for this opportunity to uh, address. Um, I'm here to encourage uh, continued support for two topics. First, I appreciate the city's work and emphasis on making our city streets safer for motorists, pedestrians, and non-motorized traffic. I'm thankful for the multiple opportunities uh, for input on the street plans, also on our parks, uh, and uh, even in pre-COVID era when we had big meetings uh, together, uh, there was a lot of con uh, consensus sh um, uh, uh, building and discussions there. As a 30-year bicycle commuter uh, in uh, Kalamazoo, I've been riding most weekdays for the past three months on Park and Westnage. <laughs> it, uh, it seems the city is taking inspiration from other communities' best practices and exploring modern ideas around traffic flow uh, for Kalamazoo. Motorists have treated me respectfully as a cyclist, and I encourage the development of protected lanes and traffic calming where it makes sense. Secondly, I support the city's natural features overlay, overlay work that raises standards for natural habitat, conservation, and promotes land stewardship. Not only do these efforts support wildlife, studies from psychologists, sociologists, many others, urban planners, show that increased exposure to nature benefits human well-being. I encourage the Commission to support the Kalamazoo Nature Center's and Audubon Society's efforts to establish our region as a bird-friendly treaty area. Also, a uh, smaller topic, I encourage the city to identify more no-mow areas that have the benefits of creating more natural green space, saves money by reducing the uh, mowing labor costs and mower fuel needs. I recognize there are many needs and bigger issues that face our city, so uh, thanks for your efforts concerning safer streets for all and increasing natural habitats and green space. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else in the chambers who would like to speak? Public comment here for the community of the whole. Seeing no one. Kristen, have, do we have anyone who's called in? No calls at this time. Okay, thank you so much. We are now down to the work session portion of this community of the whole meeting. Manager Ritzma. Yeah, tonight we want to actually get a jump start on our 2024 budget year. Uh, each year we try to get it earlier and earlier in the year. We're actually exceeding expectations by even being the year before the year that's prior, whatever that is. So um, I would ask that Laura Lamb and Rebecca Kick come forward. Laura is our chief operating officer and Rebecca is our assistant city manager. Looks like Rebecca's gonna kick things off. I'm gonna kick things off. <laughs> okay, just me. <laughs> I thought that would come from Clyde. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to presenting to you all tonight. And yes, uh, uh, starting to plan for 2024. Uh, as we're wrapping up 2023, we're gonna have feet kind of in both ponds tonight. Uh, but really wanted to be able to start the conversation early because we know um, as we move forward in 2023, that's usually when our best ideas come forward and we go, oh gosh, how did this get missed? 
And so that's why we felt the urgency to be able to say, okay, well, let's start planning for that in 2024 as soon as we can. So tonight we're gonna go over uh, a little bit of Imagine Kalamazoo 2025. You know, I can't talk about it enough. And I uh, just wanna be sure that we're all grounded in our purpose and in our place and so that we can move forward from there. Then we're gonna talk about the master plan performance. I always wanna remind you of like where we've been and where we're going and kind of where we are right now at this point in time as we talk about 2023 and 24. We're gonna also look ahead a bit because uh, Imagine Calmsy 2025 is right at the horizon. And we're gonna get ready to kick off Imagine Kalamazoo 2035. And so I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about our lessons learned. Where, where did we start with Imagine Kalamazoo? And then how are we gonna ground that in our performance with purpose? And then we're gonna look at, uh, Laura's gonna be presenting much more in depth about 2024 conversations that she's had with all of you over the last few weeks. And then also, what is, what is the process that we followed last year? We're gonna uh, remind you of what we did and how that's gonna ground, ground our work going forward as well. So first and foremost, our purpose was so clear when we started Imagine Kalamazoo 2025, and that was in 2017. We wanted to connect, engage, and learn as much as we possibly could. We wanted to do things differently. We started the engagement process to make it more convenient, easier. Uh, we used lots and lots of partners. We wanted to be sure that people could talk to us about anything at any meeting. And that was really critical as um, we adopted this idea of no comment left behind. We know how difficult in the past we would have these open houses and we would say, this is the transportation open house. This is the zoning open house. And then people would show up and they would be like, oh, I can't talk about anything about transportation or I can only talk about parks here. And that's very limiting, especially when people have given their time to come to a public meeting to begin with. We want them to be able to surf the room, go wherever they need to, talk to people as in-depth about whatever topic is that they needed to. So we had lots of staff, lots of volunteers at every meeting, and then we used this construct of no comment left behind to really let people know where did my comment go. This particular slide just shows one example, but I wanted to use this example to show you the scale of the plans. So understanding that something like transportation or walkability, how does that look in the strategic vision? The highest level up, that's connected city, that's inviting public places. And then as you get into the master plan, you look at transportation and walkability and it starts to look like, what are the blocks around the streets? How are streets composed? Also, what is the distance between a park and my residence or a school? How do we think about transportation and walkability at that next grain? And then the finest detail is the neighborhood plan. Where is the sidewalk? What trees need to be trimmed? What lighting is good on this street, not this street? How are we gonna manage access or driveways? And so that's where we get to the neighborhood plans. So knowing that each of our plans has a scale to them, but as we took in all of these comments, we did that uh, work. And we understood that as we looked at each of our plans, our strategic vision at 10 years, 
master plan at 10 years. And some of these five-year plans, which are like the neighborhood plans, some of our transportation sub-plans, the HUD consolidated plan, the parks and rec master plan, those come in at the five-year level, and all of our input from Imagine Kalamazoo got to inform those plans as well. So again, we tried to use these comments consistently and thoroughly through all of our plans. And it was critical for us to align these plans with a really strong vision, like we did in the strategic master plan, in the strategic plan. We were using that data, and a tenth critical goal came out of this, which was good governance. Yes, it is wonderful that we took in all of this feedback from the community that shaped those nine strategic vision goals. But the tenth goal is our internal goal. How does the city actually prepare itself to do the work that the community has asked? And that's something we're gonna really dwell on tonight. So when we think about the strategic vision and how and why it was created, if the strategic visions are community's vision and the values for the city, the master plan is how we get there. Based on what the community has told us is the most important and the vision and values that we've been striving for to root our work in. It's why we go on and on and on about it, right? Because that's what roots us to the community. And uh, you know, I, I began to list off several of the other plans, like the Parks and Rec plan and the HUD consolidated plan. They all look up to the strategic vision and the master plan to get their marching orders as well. So these two plans are the big citywide visions and they are the most critical even for the smaller plans that follow. So when we developed these 10 goals, I know they might look like old hat by now, you've seen them again and again and again, but know that this is what we ground our work in and it's been really critical to keep them front and center. I know I've told, um, several several times but these are not these are not staff's words it's critical for you to know that these are the community's language this is the community's words these words came out of mining all of this data that i had sent out to this firm that scanned every single post-it note and map and survey and these were the words that people used to frame the work that we now bring forward and each year we ask the commission to help us prioritize these goals for funding, for concentrated work, and for clarity of our purpose. So the master plan, as it has looked at each of these strategic goals, the work then filters out. What is a connected city goal? What is an you know, inviting public places goal? What is environmental responsibility? As it gets filtered through the master plan. And we did the same work with our neighborhood plans. So now you can see how no comment got left behind. It either landed in the strategic vision, the master plan, or the neighborhood plan, or all three, but in a very specific way, from the most broad to the most very specific, right down to the street level, right down to the block. With continuous community engagement, what was really great and what was born out of that was our public participation policy. Because we were learning to do work differently, we codified it. 
We knew this was the right way to continue to do our work. We took our Imagine Kalamazoo input, we used best practices from around the country, and our partners work to be able to say, this is our policy, this is how we're gonna do work. This is why you see on your commission agendas, what goal does this item connect with? What goal are we trying to achieve? What community input was given in this goal? Did you just inform someone? Were you collaborating with them? How was the work done together to have this achieved? And this document, I, I cannot underscore it enough, of its importance in how we do the work in the community and make sure that we are communicating, we are looking at our projects differently, we are asking our partners into that room, we are building leadership and coalitions um, through that document. And we share that with everyone. And it also has an incredible toolkit that comes with it. A few months ago, we brought that back to you to amend it because with the pandemic, we also created a bunch of new tools. How do you have a hybrid meeting? How do you have a virtual meeting? What's a virtual town hall? We learned how to use door knockers that have postcards with them that also have a website and a voicemail line and you can participate in all those different ways. So the ways that you can participate have really grown. It doesn't have to be in person anymore. And we are looking to match up the tools with the project. That's what we're constantly trying to do. Is this the right tool to communicate about this project? And that's why this document is so critical to our work. So I told you I would speak a little bit about our master plan progress. And I specifically want to focus on what's left to do in 2025. So we started with 146 action items at the adoption of Imagine Kalamazoo. I'm just tired when I think about that. No, it's a lot of actions to get through in 10 years. Um, and in 2020, after a review, we did combine 10 of those actions into 136 of them to make 136 our number. And I have a specific list of all of those actions. Many of them had to do with transportation. Because we had broken them out the way that the community asked for them, so when we talked about bike lanes or we talked about safe routes to school or certain walkability, many of those things got collapsed when we adopted our complete streets policy. Because just the quick adoption of that a policy said we will now look at these things individually with every single project and um, you know, new street design that comes forward. And so that policy, if it had not gotten adopted, we probably wouldn't have been able to collapse those. But because we did, we were able to collapse. 99 of these actions have been completed since 2018, which is just phenomenal. 18 actions have been completed but we mark them as ongoing. So these are things like sidewalk construction, tree planting, infill housing. Those are actions that are in perpetuity, right? And those, many of those things were core services that the city had done in the past 
or they were new things that we had taken on, right? So if you think of lead service replacement, lead service line replacement as well, again, it was something that we could finally fund and could take a bigger bite out of every single year. It was in the master plan as an action to be completed, and we continue to do that work every single year and, and assign budget to it. So that's why it's really critical to kind of keep those 18 actions front and center because they are still things that we want to um, have budget around. 14 actions right now are currently in progress. So they've been started, they may become ongoing actions, or they may end. And then lastly, we have five actions, just five, that just have not gotten their push. And so uh, another thing Laura is gonna focus on is like how, what's our new process to get things unstuck? How do we take them across the finish line? What can we do as a city team to really understand how we get things unstuck? So here's a quick snapshot and know that this is just the teaser because we will come back at the end of December and we will talk about the projects that got completed. So last year, this line was at 60%. We've completed 12% more of our plans. Uh, and every year we do what's called the Imagine Kalamazoo birthday celebration, which is actually October 17th, but uh, we call it the birthday celebration. And then we celebrate uh, with the community the work that we were able to achieve. So what did we learn about our action progress? So again, in progress, will they finish by 2025? I've had one-on-ones with all of the directors, uh, both internal and external facing departments, and my magic eight ball says, yes, we are gonna complete these by 2025. We've got them on our radar, we've got them on our plans, and we are working with city staff to make sure that these plans that are, or projects that are in progress will finish by 2025. Again, ongoing, we talked about those that will continue to be ongoing and they will be dependent on funding. And so I will outline those for you again as we continue to move forward in our budget process and specifically in February when we have our retreat that you will know exactly which of those uh, 18 ongoing um, projects that we still need funding for. And then last year, those ones that aren't started. We will not have eight years of stuck, 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 right? We are gonna make sure that we get these finished and we're looking at many different ways to do that. So we're looking at ways of breaking the goal down. Maybe it needs to be done in phases. Maybe it needs a different sub plan of its own because a couple of these are ones like uh, connectivities of trails, okay? That is such a big broad goal that we need to begin to break it down into what the priorities are. And so it almost needs a sub plan of, it, of its own to really start to figure out how are we being successful about completing that goal. So if we wanna finish Imagine Kalamazoo 2025 really strongly and create even a stronger foundation for IK 2035, We've got this idea that's been rolling around in our heads. And it's come up so many times and our purpose, our purpose, you know, we're community servants and we know what our purpose is and we've grounded that so solidly into our strategic vision. But 
it's only been in the last year that we've really understood the impact of what Imagine Kalamazoo has been for our community and how we get to look back and go, okay, we're really proud of these things. But this pile over here was weak. We have to, we have to look at both. Great. Here's our strengths. I mentioned how our uh, you know, public participation plan was such a huge strength that came out of it. But what are our weaknesses? Are they the stock goals? Are that we achieved some goals, but maybe not to the potential that we wanted them to? And then I mentioned to you about our internal work, our good governance work. How does this become performance from the city with purpose? So how are we looking at both the new work that comes from Imagine Kalamazoo 2035 and a real reflection on our performance and how our performance meets our purpose? The direction we're headed is one truly based on that past, right? Really digging in and understanding what the conversation needs to be as you want to create transformational change. So as we look at performance with purpose, we've looked at how Imagine Kalamazoo 2025 has said deep listening, no comment left behind. But now we've added continuous internal and external engagement. Thinking about what does our city staff need? What is our capacity and what is our capability to achieve these things as the community sees them? Performance recognition, achieving professional and personal goals with that transformation in mind. How are we as city leadership making sure that our city staff understands both sides? Where uh, Laura's gonna talk a lot about uh, how we're gonna get anchored in our own accountability and how our accountability is grounded in that purpose. Implementation, project planning, and I'm so sorry y'all, I could not come up with a different word than project plan formulation. It's just how we write our plans, how we make sure that they are written for success, that they are really clear and really specific, because clear is kind. Right? And so we want to make sure that you all have the information that you need and that the community is absolutely sure, yes, that's what I asked for, and there it is. So we want to make sure that um, the way we write our plans truly responds to the priorities in the community. And then lastly, aligning all of our resources, people, finances, and all of our city assets to be able to do the work. Uh, these four pillars in conjunction truly create a performance with purpose plan. And so we hope that if we've got the strategic vision in our organizational DNA, that we can really take this idea of how our performance meets that purpose in a, in a bigger way. So I'm gonna pass this on to Laura to really get deeper into the idea of performance with purpose. Good evening, Laura Lamb, Chief Operating Officer. Uh, as Rebecca was talking to you all about performance with purpose, we really want to talk about how that gets embedded, how that gets um, really grounded in, in accountability. Um, lately, you know, in meetings, if I hear the same topic or the same issue come up, I'll ask myself, where does this get anchored? Where does this live? Because I know if it counts on my brain to keep track of it, we're in trouble. 
So when I think about anchoring, it's not only putting our, you know, putting our energy where it's most important, but making sure that we don't have to keep things in our head, that we've got things embedded in our system so we can move, move through them. This means how, as, a, as Rebecca was discussing performance with purpose, we know the importance of keeping our community voices through Imagine Kalamazoo front and center. Um, we know that we need to continue to sort of seek alignment, but more importantly, we need to find these moments of where all of this work gets anchored so we can hold ourselves accountable to it. Rebecca also talked about the importance of being clear. As we reflect on which of our projects have been stuck and why they've been stuck, a lot of times it's grounded in a lack of clarity. Maybe there wasn't a clear scope. Maybe there wasn't a clear lead. Maybe the resources weren't clear to access. But we're taking a really intentional view because we've got good work to do and we can't have our projects stuck. So we're constantly looking at how can we be more clear. Not only, not only is that important for the staff, but even as we engage with the commission, are we clear? Do we have a shared definition of success? Do we talk about that? We're, we're going to have a hard time holding ourselves accountable to success if we haven't made sure that we've defined it and we've talked about how we're going to measure it. Holding ourselves accountable to trying to get work done means that we arrive at the most important work, right? We're going to be doing a lot of work every day, but if we want to be impactful, what's the most clear and important priorities we want to focus on? We need that clear definition of success. We need to understand how we can plan, budget, and execute based on that work. And again, coming back to this collective def definition for success. In terms of the angers, um, clearly we've, we've hit the point home multiple times. Imagine Kalamazoo. We also need to think about how are we better orienting our work plans from our departments to reflect the priorities of the community. How are we looking at continuing to refine our budget process so when we bring them forward, you all see our values deep in it. And lastly, as Rebecca acknowledged, how clear we can be with our staff about what's most important and how we use our performance evaluation process to really drive home to every staff member in the organization what's most important and then having a discussion with that staff about do they have the right resources and the right capacity to make sure that those goals are being met. So we look to each of these points as ways in which we can anchor the work that we see ahead. I want to dive in a little bit to this concept of how we shift from talking about the priorities that were identified by the former commission for 22 and 23, and even though we're now furiously in the, in the middle of preparing the budget for 23, we want to shift our focus and start thinking about 24 and beyond. A number of you were not on the commission at that time, and it's really important that you get engaged and have a chance to get your fingerprints on the work that's coming. So just by way of reminder, when we were trying to get our arms around priorities the last go-around, we had several different inputs that we brought forward. One, we had, imagine Kalamazoo. We also had our community survey that was done in 21. We also administered a specific online survey asking our community about their stimulus um, priorities. And lastly, we went through and met with commissioners individually and had conversations about what they determined to be priorities based on their interaction with community and what they saw. So we pulled all this information together and landed on these five, the economic impact, infrastructure, housing, youth, and safety. And with these five, we really laid out an opportunity for all of the projects that were coming forward to be evaluated against them. We talked about them, we focused on them, and continued to work, work through them. Here's a quick snapshot of that survey that I mentioned. We had over 1,500 responses that came in. 
You can kind of see from top to bottom the way that the priorities shook out. And so we wanted to make sure as we were looking at priorities that we were holding ourselves accountable to the conversations we were having around ARPA. So as we look to 24 and beyond, really looking to mirror some of that last practice. Starting off, we're still keeping Imagine Kalamazoo front and center. We are actually just now starting our community survey and we expect the results to be due in January. This will give us a statistically significant sample of our community on a whole range of topics, both things people think we're doing well at, things they think we need to improve, and everything in between. We're also currently engaging with you all in conversations individually about what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're feeling in our community. As you're aware, just this month, uh, the last two weeks, we've been meeting individually, city manager's office, and you all individually to begin to talk about What's important? What do we need to be focusing on? I want to provide a brief snapshot with the caveat, this is very preliminary. This is not exhaustive. This is not at a level of detail. It's a starting point. As we sat and talked with commissioners, we start to hear themes that come up. And as you think about Imagine Kalamazoo, the top three strategic goals that emerged from the conversation were safe community, youth development, and complete neighborhoods, right? There's a lot in those goals, but we saw a lot of conversations focusing in these three main areas. I'm now gonna go a little bit more into detail, but again, importantly, these are just snapshots, not an exhaustive list, but we start to see under the goal areas what types of concepts were emerging around housing, around making our roads safe for all people, the idea that we continue to push on our economic development opportunities for everyone. Heard very much about the importance of environmental justices and how do we um, help those community members that have been impacted. Good governance, what Rebecca touched upon, we recognize that we need to have an internal organization strong to support a strong community. We heard desires to really work on strengthening our collaboration and our communication with our community. Certainly gun violence prevention and intervention continues to come up again and again. Strong feelings about shared prosperity and the ways in which we are dramatically reducing our asset-limited income-constrained households. Strength through diversity, how we continue to lean into the fact we want to be an anti-racist organization. We want it to be embedded in everything that we do. And then with youth development, this constant feeling of how can we do more to help all young people succeed. So covering a lot of ground um, often gets, gets kind of boiled down to is, what do, you, what do you want us to take away from this? We talked at you for a long time. What are, what are my highlights here? We can't say it enough times. We want to continue to honor our commitment to the community through Imagine Kalamazoo. Clarity and alignment are going to be very critical. Alignment amongst commissioners, alignment between the city administration and the commission, um, and that we continue to focus and hone in on details, making sure that we're as clear as possible. Lastly, we saw a lot of work being discussed, just in some preliminary conversations. It's all good work that needs to be done. We see significant need, and we want to meet that need. But we know that creates competing priorities, and we know that competing priorities mean trade-offs. So when we say yes to something, we're likely saying yes to, we're saying no to something else. That doesn't mean that we don't strive for the both and, but we have to think about if we're doing both and, we might find ourselves where we're sprinkling a little bit across a lot of areas. And we have complex issues like housing, like youth, like safety. We're gonna have to grapple with those choices of whether we wanna try to go deep into one area with significant impact 
where we really feel like we need to be spread across the continuum. And those are part of the conversations that we need to be having from here on. In terms of next steps, uh, we're gonna continue in the organization to go through our Imagine Kalamazoo plans, identify those projects that are stuck, helping to communicate with you all the work that we still feel needs to be done. How do we unstick projects? How do we unstick action items? As commissioners, city manager's office wants to continue to meet with you all individually to be able to talk more about this, these, this priority themes and this work that's emerging. And together, starting to drill down on how are we gonna define success? How are we able to determine who, who or what is the best position to do this work? How can we ensure our efforts are sustainable? And then let's talk a little about those trade-offs. All of this is hopefully leading us to what we'd like to do in our annual um, retreat with you all in February. We would hope to emerge from that retreat with a clear set of priorities, a shared definition of success, and then those priorities really become our roadmap to set the tone for our work, for our budget going forward. With that, I'm gonna pause and certainly open it up to questions for both Rebecca and I, happy to dive into any area or, or have a conversation with you all. So, first of all, I just wanna say thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate the comprehensive approach uh, that helps, gives us a start to think about this. I think that's a really good way to, to begin this conversation. But now, you know, the, the, the detail and in diving into the weeds a little bit more work kind of begins. So, Commission, any questions for city team at this point? Commissioner Hess. I just have one uh, short question. Uh, Laura, thank you for that um, great presentation. Um, so, some of the projects that are stuck, is it possible that those kind of roll away? Or our, is our intent to unstuck them and move them forward? It, it might, in our vision, might we say, well, that's not relevant anymore, or that's not something that we can do, or that's something that is being done elsewhere? Um, can we talk about the stuck? Absolutely, and that's a lot of the work that Rebecca is championing in her new role, going through all of those action items with the departments, kind of doing a green, yellow, red assessment. Um, in some cases, giving ourselves permission to say, this may have been relevant and important once, is it still? Some of that work initially went into collapsing, as Rebecca described, some of the goals that were broad in nature that we could collapse and kind of pull together. So we, we believe in plans as living, breathing documents. They're not set in stone, we've created them. What we'd like to be able to do is when we've determined that an action item is no longer relevant, let's make sure we capture that. So when we do the report out, we say, we started with this number of actions, we collapsed, we condensed. These were no longer relevant, or these were put on hold, and we'll revisit them as part of 2035 to see if they're still important. So we give ourselves permission for an exit ramp, um, and that's part of the unstuck process, is to say, you know, what's going on? Why did we start down this journey? Um, and how do we figure out if it should get back on track or if it should be paused or if it should be kind of pushed to the side? Other, other questions at this time? All right, seeing none, carry on. Manager Ritzma. Yeah, that concludes our work session part of the meeting tonight. Uh, thank you very much. So I, I just want to remind all of us, I think that this is a good reminder, but it's also a reminder of all the plates that we have spinning right now. And I 
And even though I would suggest maybe at this point there aren't a lot of extra questions, I think this is, this is an opportunity for us to keep thinking about this. Obviously, the conversation is going to continue. So I would expect as we get some time also just to sit with this a little bit that, that more thoughts will come up. And uh, I appreciate everybody's good thinking on that. So we're going to get a little bit of a break here, which is, I don't think has happened uh, in the last meeting or two, where we're going to get a moment before our business meeting starts. So this uh, evening, we have the regular City Commission business meeting. It starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, once again, there will be an opportunity for public comments and certainly another time for commissioner comments on any topic at that meeting as well. So look forward to seeing everybody at 7 o'clock this evening. Our Committee of the Whole is adjourned.